gastroenteritis. Here's a warning. This show might make you a little queasy on your stomach. Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be talking about gastroenteritis, also called stomach flu, on Access Health Radio. And we'd like to acknowledge the companies that support our program. Thanks to Marley Drug in Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They are a pharmacy that will mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping at costs that are much lower often than even the big box pharmacies. Check them out at MarleyDrug.com. And Dr. Forrest, if people want more information after today's show or they want to find out information about your practice in Apex, where can they go to find that? Well, if listeners want to send general non-emergent questions and possibly have their question answered on the show, they can go to our website at accesshealthradio.com. That's A-C-C-E-S-S-H-E-A-L-T-H-R-A-D-I-O.com. They can also like our page on Facebook, or they can send email directly to accesshealthradio at gmail.com. Just make sure to include your contact information. And after the show, you can also listen to an on-demand podcast at WPTF.com, and we will provide links to that on our landing page at accesshealthradio.com. And if you would like information about our medical practice located in Apex, North Carolina, uh, listeners can go to ACC Health, that's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com, or call 919-363-0190. Again, that's 919 919- Three six three zero one nine zero, and Doctor Forrest, uh, I know a lot of people have taken advantage of uh, that uh, Gmail account and have sent you emails. We answered some of those last week, and I believe uh, just to give us a plug for next week. You've got more Q and A coming up. Yes, we didn't completely finish up all of the mailbag questions we had in our last show last week. So, uh, what we're going to try to do is for next week's show, we're going to finish up with the questions that had been accumulating, and we'll do that on next week's show. All right, looking forward to it. So, Dr. Forrest, there's been a lot of discussion about the flu lately. It's a bad flu season, but today I understand you're going to tell us about something that's completely different, a completely different disease, but it sometimes gets confused with the flu, and this is called the stomach flu? Yeah, I think people very often will hear the term flu, and they think that stomach flu and the flu are sort of interchangeable. Um, And I I sort of like to separate it out as a respiratory flu and a stomach flu. Um, And the truth is they are completely different diseases caused by completely different viruses. And stomach flu is going to have a completely different set of symptoms where influenza typically causes cold and cough type symptoms. And the other myth that people have is that uh, you can get the regular flu and that if it goes to your stomach, that's what the stomach flu actually is. And the truth is that's not what happens at all. So if it goes to your stomach, uh, it is not the normal flu, not the one that we've been hearing about during flu season, but a different illness altogether. All right. So what are the symptoms that people get with this stomach flu? Or as you said, it's called gastroenteritis. Well, so I've got to tell you, this is this is one of those illnesses I <laughs> dread getting myself the most. I mean, I really would rather have almost anything sometimes than to feel nauseous. And the key thing is most people with gastroenteritis are going to have some nausea. Uh, they may have vomiting, um, sometimes even uncontrollably for a day. 
Um, and then diarrhea. This is also not people's favorite thing to happen, but it's very common uh, with gastroenteritis. And those two together, sort of the nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea are sort of the classic symptoms. Now, usually if it's stomach flu or one of these viral gastroenteritis uh, type illnesses, the diarrhea does not have blood in it. So one thing that's important to remember is if you ever have diarrhea that's bloody, it suggests either a different type of infection or something that is much more serious. And now occasionally people are going to have some pretty significant abdominal cramps and pain with this. Uh, it's not like, you know, when you have an appendicitis and you have pain in a particular area of your abdomen. This is like where, you know, you generally have really crampy abdominal pain. And that can be associated with sort of the inflammation that's going on in your GI tract. Now, it, you can have muscle aches. Uh, you can get headaches with gastroenteritis, but that's a much uh, more uncommon feature. And usually if you get headaches, it's actually not necessarily from the virus itself, but because you're getting dehydrated and dehydration can cause headaches, it can also, dehydration can cause muscle cramping. It's different than with the regular flu where you actually get muscle aches that are from the actual illness itself. Um, the other thing is usually uh, you're not going to have a high fever with a stomach flu or a viral gastroenteritis. It's usually going to be less than 101.5, unlike the regular flu, which often will give you a fever of over that level for several days. Now it's time for our Access Health Tip of the Week. So, you know, a lot of times people come into the office and they'll say, you know, they, they've got food poisoning. Um, and, you know, food poisoning is a whole different type of animal than stomach flu. And, you know, sometimes the symptoms, though, can be very similar. You know, you can have vomiting, you can have diarrhea with food poisoning, uh, but it's not something that's contagious. So it almost never gives you a fever. It usually happens with most cases relatively soon after the affected meal. I'll never forget one time I uh, ate out here locally. I won't say where, <laughs> uh, but uh, I had gone. Uh, my wife and I went to the mall uh, immediately after dinner, uh, and we hadn't taken more than 100 steps. And I looked at her and I said, honey, I said, I'm in trouble. Uh, I said, I don't know what's uh, what's going on, but I don't feel right. And so it hit me pretty pretty soon that evening. So a lot of times uh, certain types of uh, food poisoning will affect you relatively soon after that. And the other thing is if you had multiple people at a restaurant eating the same food, then you may have multiple people that all get affected at the same time. After the break, we'll talk about what to do if you think you might be getting gastroenteritis or the stomach flu that's coming up on Access Health Radio. Welcome back to Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. We're talking about gastroenteritis today or the stomach flu. So, Dr. Forrest, if someone starts to have symptoms of gastroenteritis, what can they do about it? Well, I think the first thing to do, and I think a lot of people are just going to naturally do this as a consequence of how they feel, but the first thing to do is take a break from eating solid food for several hours. You know, if you're feeling bad like this, you definitely don't want to add uh, more fuel to the fire, so to speak. You don't want to go and eat like a, a heavy meal uh, if you're feeling queasy at all. So if you ever think that you might be getting something like this, the first thing I would do is take a break from uh, solid food for several hours and just sort of see, you know, what direction things are going to go. Uh, the second thing, and probably the most important thing I have to say about this topic today, 
is you've got to stay hydrated. Uh, you know, these illnesses are normally self-limited and you normally will resolve them in just a day or two. Uh, but the one thing that gets people into trouble and that puts people in the hospital and occasionally even where people will have death from a gastroenteritis is when they get behind on their hydration schedule. So you need to start trying to get ahead of dehydration by sipping some water, uh, just little bits at the time, or sometimes it's helpful if you crush some ice up. Uh, you can also drink some clear soda, uh, you know, clear broths like sort of chicken broth is good because the salt content actually helps replace some of those electrolytes. Um, non-caffeinated sports drinks, um, you know, you want to drink plenty of liquid. So hydration is absolutely, when this is going on, the most important thing you can do uh, to keep yourself from getting into trouble, ending up in the emergency room or something like that. The other thing is there are certain foods that until you really feel better and you know you're completely over this, you want to avoid. Um, that includes dairy products, caffeine, alcohol, nicotine, uh, and fatty foods or highly seasoned foods. Now, let me say a little bit about the dairy products because what's interesting is you can resolve a stomach flu. You might be completely well uh, and feel like you have no symptoms at all, but you may still be a little bit lactose intolerant after a bout of this. So I usually tell people to try to stay away from dairy, especially like milk and things like that, for at least 10 to 14 days after they've had something like this. Because if they do have a lot of dairy, they may not get sick again, but they may have a recurrence of the diarrhea. Uh, so that's just something to, to avoid for a little while after that. Second thing is ease back into eating. You know, it's it's good to get back to solid food, but when you start back, you want to go with bland food, uh, things like saltine crackers. I know that's what my mom gave me when I was growing up, and uh, that was the only thing I could do, that plus some chicken broth. Uh, toast, jello, bananas, people have heard of rice. Um, you know, do that. And if you do start to feel nauseous again as you start eating, then back off again and give it some time. Uh, you've got to rest. You've got to allow yourself to recuperate for the first day or so after this. You may be weaker from lack of food, and you may also be a little dehydrated and need a chance to recover. And then one thing I want to say about this is uh, people are tempted to take a lot of over-the-counter medication, and I want to uh, urge you not to overdo that, especially you want to avoid things like ibuprofen or naproxen because they can actually make your stomach worse. Uh, you can use acetaminophen if you feel achy or you're having some symptoms like that, but you want to make sure you're cost, uh, dosing that uh, correctly. Um, otherwise, you can get some liver problems. And then make sure in children, if they get something like this, you don't want to give them aspirin uh, or to even teenagers because of the risk of something called Rye syndrome, which is sort of a fatal disease that can happen when in response to taking aspirin uh, in the, that age group. And then the other thing that may seem counterintuitive is, you know, there's all these medicines to prevent diarrhea. And so people may run out to the pharmacy and say, hey, I'm going to take a bunch of that and see if I can slow this diarrhea down. I would, I would encourage you not to take uh, antidiarrheal medication in most cases for at least the first 36 hours because you need to let your body clear the toxins and infection. And you can potentially make some types of infection worse uh, if you stop your bowel movements too suddenly. And lastly, uh, you know, if you do think you're coming out with something like this, please protect those around you. You know, nobody wants to have the stomach flu and be sick like this. So these viruses are very contagious, contagious and surfaces like bathrooms uh, need to be sanitized thoroughly. And everyone in a household in particular needs to wash their hands well, especially before eating. This is Access Health Radio with Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. So 
Doc, what are the signs that someone needs to go see a doctor if they have a stomach bug? When is it that bad? Well, most people, if they can keep you know fluids down and stay hydrated, they can get over this on their own. Uh, there is not an antibiotic or any cure that the physician can offer to make this go away. However, under certain circumstances, the physician might need to be uh, seen or at least called. So the, one of the key ones of those is if you find yourself unable to stay hydrated. So if you're not able to keep liquids down for 24 hours, you really need to contact a physician because you've got to have fluids. Secondly, if you've been vomiting for more than 48 hours, even if you could get some fluids down, the problem is that you may have your electrolytes out of balance, and that can cause all types of problems, including heart arrhythmia. Um, so if you've been vomiting for more than 48 hours straight, uh, you probably need to contact a physician. And then if that vomit has any blood in it, that's something I would get to the physician's office immediately for because sometimes when you're having severe cases of this, you can actually rip uh, your food tube, your esophagus can get a tear in it, and you can actually, uh, that can be a really dangerous situation. So if you see blood in, in anything that's coming up, uh, you really need to see a physician. And then we talked about dehydration being the most devastating part of this. Uh, if you get to the place where you're incredibly thirsty, you know, your urine gets really dark or you're not producing any, you feel lightheaded, dizzy, and you have a dry mouth, you're really weak, uh, then the dehydration may be getting really severe, and it's important that you get into some facility. You may need IV hydration at that point. Um, the other thing is if, if you know, you've been having diarrhea and then all of a sudden you notice that it's got blood in it, that's another warning sign you really need to see the physician. And again, usually with this, you're not going to have a high fever. So if you do find yourself with a fever higher than 103, then you may have something else going on. You may have a bacterial infection or something else that's causing your symptoms, and you really need to seek medical care for that. So, Dr. Forrest, uh, once you get to the doctor, is there anything the doctor can do to help with gastroenteritis? Well, again, as I said, that you know, the physician's not going to get out a magic wand and make this go away. This is one of those things that uh, you know it pretty much has to run its course. Having said that, um, you've got to stay hydrated. And so, if you run into a situation where the nausea and the vomiting is so bad that you really can't keep anything down and you can't even keep fluids down then you may need to contact the physician, not for anything that's going to cure the, the illness, but for some symptomatic treatments that may turn the nausea down enough so that you can keep some fluids down. You know, examples would be things like Phenigrin, uh, Zofran, uh, those type of medications that are anti-nausea medication. They may make it so that you can actually get some fluid to stay in you, and that may prevent you from ending up in the hospital. And, you know, after the, if the, after the diarrhea has been going on for a day or so, at some point it's time to stop, right? You know, you're, you're just you're putting fluids in, but you're losing them as fast they go in so at some point you know you may need to contact the physician and talk to them about whether they think you know something to slow the diarrhea down or stop it is a good idea okay so you've made it abundantly clear that we don't want to get the stomach bug is there a way to prevent it and how it's spread well, mostly the way this is spread is through what's called a fecal-oral route, and that really is as bad as it sounds. So uh, it's somewhat unpleasant to talk about, but I'm going to give a quick bathroom example. Uh, if you're in a public bathroom and somebody has norovirus and they flush a toilet in that public bathroom 
actually enough norovirus can get aerosolized into the air that you can breathe in, that you can contract norovirus. So I've got to be honest. If I'm in a public bathroom and I hear a toilet flush, I'm getting out of there as fast as I can, and I might even be holding my breath, Mike. Oh, wow. So the other thing you could do is sanitizing surfaces uh, you know, in your own house, uh, sanitizing any surfaces in the bathroom, washing hands, or even possibly having one bathroom that's just off limits to everybody except the person that's sick until somebody can get in there and disinfect after that uh, are the keys to preventing this. All right. Thanks, Doc. After the break, we'll be discussing our key points for today and our Access Health Radio's trivia of the week. Welcome back to Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. We're talking about gastroenteritis, the stomach flu today. Doc, what are the common causes of the stomach flu? Well, the first one I know that many people have heard of before, and unfortunately, sort of cruise ships have gotten a bad reputation for sort of being areas where people catch this, but the first one's called norovirus, and it is the most common cause of gastroenteritis, foodborne illness, uh, anywhere in the world. Um, It can sweep through an entire family, through a community, um, dorms, um, and it can also be likely to spread amongst any people that are in confined spaces. And in most cases, you pick up this virus from contaminated food or water, although, again, you can uh, catch it person to person. Uh, The second common cause for this is rotavirus. Now, rotavirus is the most common cause for this type of thing in children. Um, Usually, they're more likely to get infected when they've handled objects that are contaminated with the virus. And this infection is really severe, especially in really young children and infants. Um, And then you have to be really concerned about the the dehydration, Um, especially in a hospital setting or daycare setting. If somebody gets this, it can pass right through the the whole place. Uh, There is a vaccine against this that's available for for rotavirus, although it's not necessarily commonly uh, given to every child. Uh, And the other thing I know people have heard about are things like shellfish, undercooked oysters, and things like that. Um, And then also contaminated drinking water uh, can be a cause of viral diarrhea. So when you're in the United States, normally, uh, in most cases, you don't have to worry about that. But anytime you travel outside the United States, uh, you really have to be uh, careful of the drinking water. All right. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. And we'd like to take a moment to thank the companies that support Access Health Radio. One thing people can do to keep their medical costs down is getting the best possible price on your prescription medications. I actually get some of my own prescriptions from Marley Drug in Winston-Salem because it makes my own out-of-pocket costs lower than if I used my insurance for getting those generics. So thanks to Marley Drug again for supporting our show. They securely mail generic medications directly to your home with free shipping at costs that are often lower than the corner pharmacy. Check them out at MarleyDrug.com. Time now for our Access Health Trivia of the Week. So gastroenteritis is one of the most common illnesses in the United States. There are millions and millions of cases each year with an estimated 220,000 children that are under the age of five needing to actually stay overnight in the hospital. Now, again, this is usually a self-limited illness, but of those children, 300 die each year. So while rare, hydration is really critically important to make sure you don't have to be hospitalized. 
Our scripture this week is from Mark 15, 17. I thought it would be appropriate. Uh, Do you not understand that everything that goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? Thanks for listening to Access Health Show, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.